Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Happy Being Well. We have an exciting guest today and she really is exciting in all ways. Uh, she kind of spiced up the podcast earlier before recording with all of her exciting events taking place in her life, but she dealt with it very graciously. Uh, we have Linda Gunter with us today and we're going to be exploring, you know, Linda's self-care journey and how she ended up She's the founder of Love Him, Love Them Charity. But before we dive deep with Linda, this podcast is sponsored by HappyBeingWell.com, your online store for high-quality leggings, all-natural facial masks, all-natural candles, all-natural essential oils, aromatherapy diffusers, all-natural deodorants, crystals, and much more organic self-care goodies at Happy Being Well. Free shipping in the USA and use code podcast 25 for 25% off all activewear leggings subscribe to happy being well's email newsletter for 10% off all items and free shipping in the USA always always at happy being well even if you order just one item so Linda welcome to the happy being well podcast Good afternoon or evening or morning, wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this. So excited to be here. And after all those, I feel like I should leave now and go take an essential oil bath. <laughs> yes, an essential oil bath is amazing. And I love infusing it with natural bath bombs and natural bath salts and burning sage and I'm so this has nothing to do with what we're talking about today but I here's a little fun fact about mommy Linda did you know I used to own a day spa no I didn't know that yes I was the Linda's day spa owner and actually I still have the water massage behind me in my <laughs> office now we had tanning we had hair we had nails we had facials massages steam baths hot the whole nine yards Oh, so, girl, okay. I knew how to be happy being well. I'll tell you how to not be happy <laughs> is to drive by your, your old day spa every day that's now turned into a gift shop that you don't have anymore. Don't do that. Go another way. <laughs> saying. Yeah. I mean, spas are so fun. And then creating oh, your the most fun business in the world to own. Mm -hmm. And it's Everybody really fun. wants to come see you. Yeah. And it's really fun to go to a spa. It's the best stress detoxer ever. Like that was my thing in university. I remember because university is so much stress. And I remember I would just like, okay, it's time for me to go to the spa for my facial. Like that's my, that was my thing. It was never like, Amen. let's go to the bar. I mean, it was more like facial time because they would like put the music, I would lay back and they'd put that little meditation music on and they would be doing my facial, like rubbing or exfoliating my skin with their hands, not my hand. I wouldn't have to do anything. So it was yeah, like, I'm it was, with you. and then my skin would look amazing afterwards and looking in the mirror and I you feel good. It's, it was like, this is better than going to a bar. Right, like, so let's shut this thing down and I'll meet you at the spot. <laughs> I know you're getting me excited about, you know, self-care stuff. So, all right. So your journey before love him, love them, you were, a, so how did that happen? You were a spa owner. Now you're a charity owner. How did that yeah. happen? How did that happen? So very interesting. So, and I'm actually a volunteer 
Um, so I am uh, uh, the I am the one of the co-founders. My husband and I found it. But actually, in addition to the day spa, I was also a real estate broker. So I was my husband and I were the Chip and Joanna Gaines before there was a Chip and Joanna Gaines. Right? We were flipping houses, and uh, one of the houses that we flipped. And we, we worked in a really, really, really bad area in Atlanta called Vine City, which is like the fifth worst crime ridden neighborhood in the world, especially in America. And uh, one of those houses, we ended up turning into a homeless shelter. Uh, that whole story is in our first book, which I don't have one handy, called Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops, which you can find that on our website, which is lovehimloveth.org. Uh, but suffice it to say that during that homeless shelter that we had open, um, one of my very, what we did through with that shelter is we took women who were homeless and we also took, because it was our privately owned, we, we owned it. And so we could do whatever we wanted. We, uh, realized, and plus we owned a bunch of houses. <laughs> so we would literally take women off the streets that nobody else would take. So for example, if you, uh, in Atlanta, if you, at that time, this was in, uh, just before 2000, if you were about to give birth, they wouldn't take you because they didn't want to have that expense of the child being born. If you happen to be a woman that was homeless with two gender children, I mean, today's world, they probably don't care, but, but at that point you couldn't have a, a male and a female in the same room. And so we basically just took people that nobody else wanted. And we realized that what women needed were, they needed Jesus, they needed jobs and they needed a house. And so one of my very best friends who was a mortgage broker came in and she would help me with that as far as financing and we would get them set up. And so we were literally running women through. And by the time they were leaving our shelter, they were like owner finance in their own home. You know, it was amazing. And what is so interesting is that's kind of exactly what we're doing in the country of Haiti right now. And it's really interesting how God set that up. So my friend, uh, her name was Myrna. And uh, we were really, really great friends. She had five kids and she uh, actually, she went and started her own homeless shelter after helping us with ours. And so I guess we were kind of in ministry. I, I've never even really thought of it. You know, people are like, oh, are you a missionary? I'm like, no, not really. I'm just kind of helping a few people out, which I think if everybody did, the world would be a different place. So I don't even really think of it as a ministry um, because technically we were doing that then when we were real estate brokers. Um, however, what really changed my life forever was on October 30th, 2004, when my very best friend Myrna was murdered. And so her husband took an AK-47 and uh, killed her and then turned around and picked up a knife and killed her mom. And her five kids in five minutes lost their mom, their dad, and their grandma. And they fell through the, the government cracks here. I live in the state of Georgia. They ended up in New York. Uh, literally that happened on a Saturday morning by Sunday afternoon, they were in New York and they were there for a couple of years. They ended up with my friend's dad. And I, I mean, talk about not being happy and not being well. <laughs> he had just lost his wife and his daughter at the hand of his son-in-law. And then he, he was 78 and took in five kids. So about two years later, I had met the guy twice in my life. Once was at that double funeral and once was at another event. And uh, he called me and said, Linda, I am terminally ill. I cannot care for these five children any longer. I've reached out to everyone. And my, my friend was Haitian. 
I didn't know she was Haitian. I just thought she was black. I never knew the whole history about where she came from. I didn't, we never got into that. But he said, I've called all family members in Haiti. I've called everybody in France. I've called everybody in America and nobody can care for these five kids. And so you're my last phone call. And uh, I, I need you to take in the five children. And if you don't take them in, that's it. I'm going to have to split them up and put them in foster care. And so I'm sure you can imagine my response. I said, dude, you, you, held, you held out for the wrong chick for your last phone call because I don't have any kids. I don't like kids. And what in the world do you think I'm going to do with five Haitian kids? I mean, I'm driving a Jaguar. I don't even have room in my car for kids, you know, five kids. And my husband, who I just had to stop and go take the dog to, <laughs> overheard the phone call and he said, Linda, do you not know the verse in the Bible that says what God considers as real pure religion is to care for the orphans who are in a hot mess. And these kids are in a hot mess and we need to take them. And my response back to him at that time was I'm not Jesus and I ain't taking no five kids. But if you fast forward, and again, the rest of that story is in that first book, Peanut Butter Crackers and Flip Flops. On the 17th day of the seventh month of the year 2007, a family living in our house in Gumlog, Georgia, which is a very small unincorporated area, went to the size of seven with children ages seven to 17. And I have run multi-million dollar businesses. I've owned a couple. I'm an entrepreneur. I've done a lot of incredible things, but I have never in my life done anything as difficult as it was to take in those five children. After a couple of years, I decided that I wanted to take them back to Haiti. I wanted to show them where they came from. And so, uh, Went through a very long, hard process, but uh, in, for Christmas 2011, my five Haitian kids, myself and my husband got on a plane. We had found an orphanage with 17 girls in it that instead of us getting gifts that year, we decided we would take all the money that we would normally spend on Christmas and we were going to put it towards this trip. And I also kind of thought maybe it would make my kids be a little more grateful to me for saving them from this country, right? And instead, Rita, my world got completely rocked. I saw, I don't know if you've ever been to a third world country, but I saw things I'd never seen. I uh, smelled things I'd never smelled. And, and I mean, my world just got rocked. And so the pivotal moment was when they took us to this place that we had not prepared for. It wasn't for the 17 girls, but they, they took us to this place. And the children that you see behind me uh, were in this dilapidated building this was the year after the devastating earthquake in haiti and literally the building they were in still had a river running through it um there were millions and millions of people killed that's how haiti is known as the country of orphans caring for orphans because they lost their families and these 30 children who had lost their families uh in the earthquake were living in this built in this place uh, with this guy who was a music teacher. He was basically the music teacher in the neighborhood. So when people, when these kids lost their families, they felt comfortable going to him. They knew he taught music. And so they all just ended up there. And he and his wife just kept saying, okay, you can stay. Okay, you can stay. You can stay. And that was my very first experience with miracles. Now I have a television show called Miracles with Mommy Linda. 
But on that day, we had a suitcase with us with like coloring books and crayons in it. And when we opened that suitcase that day, it had a pair of shoes in it that we hadn't put in there for every girl and boy, the right gender, the right size. It also had gifts in there for every child that we hadn't put in there. And we were the only people staying at the guest house. So we we gave them the gifts. We we did what you do, sit there and color and play. And we were about to leave. And my husband said, I want to sit down with this guy and find out what he needs and how we can help him. So we sit down through an interpreter and, and my husband says, my wife and I want to help you. You know, what, what, how, what is your greatest need? And he said, oh, you just met our greatest need. And I thought, man, we got a jacked up interpreter because I can look around this place and see they, they don't got no running water. They don't have any electricity. I mean, this place is a hot mess. And so we made the interpreter ask again. And he said, no, he said, my wife and I have been praying for three months for someone to bring our children's shoes. And you just did. Well, I don't know if you've ever felt the Holy Spirit inside of you or if you've ever been really messed up where you start. I, I was like, I got to get out of here. So I pushed my chair back from the table. I gave my husband that look. I was like, let's go. And the guy stuck his hand across the table in my face. And he spoke in English himself and said, Mommy Linda, before you go, I want for my kids to sing for you. Now, I'm a pretty bold chick. We talked about that in the beginning, but I couldn't figure out how am I supposed to say, I don't want your little orphan kids singing for me on Christmas day. <laughs> this place stinks, you know, I'm out of here. So instead I walked across to the other room and I sat down on a urine stained day bed and they handed me my Jean I'm looking to see if you can see her in that picture. She's kind of hidden behind Merlanda, but they handed me my Jean who had at that time. Oh, she's the one that they're holding up right here. That's, that's my gene. They handed me her. And at that time she was four months old. I sat there and all the rest of these kids got up in front of me. And on Christmas day, 2011, they started singing for me and they sang girlfriend with a joy that I had never experienced before. And I really could not wrap my mind around how are these, these kids, they must not know what they don't have. I mean, when I came up the stairs, they didn't even have shoes on their feet. They don't have any running water. They don't have any electricity. There's no Christmas tree. There's no presents except for what we brought out of that miraculous suitcase. What are they so happy about? And I literally felt like Jesus Christ himself taps me on the shoulder and said, Linda, this is the joy of the Lord. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what material things you have or you don't have, that's what you're seeing in these kids. Just look at them. And Linda, honey, you ain't got it. <laughs> because your joy comes from when everything goes the way you want it to go. And everybody does what you want them to do. You don't have the joy of the Lord. And so I walked out of that orphanage that day. A completely different person. And I told the guy that brought us there. I said, you know, somebody ought to bring those kids to the United States. I said, you're probably not going to believe this. I said, but I don't know nobody in the United States that ain't got no running water. And I don't know nobody in the United States that does not have electricity. And matter of fact, I don't know anybody in the United States that doesn't have anything they need. If they don't, if they don't have it, they can go to the government. There's a program for them to get it. I said, but the funny thing is they're not happy. Nobody in America has any joy. 
And he looked back at me and his, with his thick Haitian accent, he, he answered me back and he said, oh, Mommy Linda, every American I bring here, they say the same thing. Those kids would love to come to America and sing, but nobody ever does anything about it. And that is how our ministry started. We came back to America. I sat around the table. I have 12 children now, but at that point I had five. And I sat around the table with those five kids and I said, okay, what was that trip to Haiti? You know, I mean, I know what my reasoning for it was, but what what do we need to do about that? And my youngest daughter at that time, Jasmine, she was like, Mommy Linda, we don't have a choice. <laughs> those kids are counting on us. And so we never spent another traditional Christmas in America. We worked and did anything and everything we could to raise money. We went back every Christmas. We still take Christmas joy bags back even to this day. We take teams down with us. But at that point, I reached out. I didn't have a choir. I was a real estate investor and I had a day spa and a photo lab and 37 other businesses. I didn't know how to do anything like that. So I just started reaching out to, there's a whole bunch of folk raising money for Haiti, right? So I started reaching out to them and I shared my vision and my dream. And they said, girlfriend, you stupid. <laughs> if you think the American government and the Haitian government are going to work together and allow you to bring an entire orphanage from Haiti to America, honey, that does not happen. And yet, as you can see right here beside me, those 30 kids in 2016, they got on a Delta flight and they brought their happy butts right here to America. We sang from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all the way up to the White House. And every single place we sang, the exact same thing that happened to me while I was sitting on that couch happened in the congregation or the audience. We sang at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium with 85,000 people. And those little stinking kids messed people up. And now, Rita, <laughs> 22 of those kids have had the opportunity to stay here in the United States of America. They're here on student visas. They are up and down the East Coast and host families. They're in schools. We have from sixth grade all the way up to juniors in college. I've got a junior up in New York. And now we have six locations in the country of Haiti. We have schools, we have orphanages, we have churches. And while the whole world shut down in 2020, we opened a hospital in the middle of a global pandemic. We just had the two-year anniversary on Sunday, August the 29th, 2020, we opened the doors of a hospital in the country of Haiti. So that is how we did what we did. <laughs> wow, that is such a powerful, powerful story, Linda. And wow, like I went on that journey with you. And, you know, it, it's, I think it's, so many people take for granted what we have in North America. Like we just, and it's really easy to do because it's, it's cause it's there. <laughs> it's like, that's all you've experienced. Yeah. And into your point of going to a third world country, not many people have gone to a third world country from North America. Like when you first asked me that I shook my head, no, but I do remember going to Albania mm. um, when I was, <laughs> yeah. When I was touring Europe, I was bouncing from different countries throughout Europe and 
we had gone to Albania, um, I think because it was close by to a Europe, I think it was close to Croatia. And um, and then we can get like a really high end, like five star resort and for like cheap because it's you're in a third world country. But um, I remember walking the streets and being like just completely jarred um from what I saw because it's something that I'm not used to seeing and like you know it's so different from what we see in the movies because it's so abstract but once you're actually like experiencing it like I remember walking down the streets of Albania um I actually did go to the shops and you know and they had lovely clothes but anyways but actually walking the streets I remember seeing these like uh practically babies like they they could walk they were like toddlers and they had dirty diapers on mm-hmm. and um so it, they were like just walking by themselves like the mm-hmm. things that i would see in children just coming up to you and asking for money like little children it was and they were like more like adults they're not like children we see here where they're very coddled and they were like fending for themselves like they're like literally like more advanced in terms of like being like aware of their surroundings and being able to talk and being aggressive to survive um so that was just really shocking to me because it's it's just like wow these kids are like completely different you know in terms of their psyche that it was just kind of just like whoa it really does pull you and jar you so that is so so super super a powerful story um and it, yeah, it does take actually experiencing it personally to really get you to see the, the powerful benefits of helping and bringing so much joy and love to your soul and spirit that would activate you to do all this, um, you know, and, you know, and having and having others join the bandwagon to help support you. So where can people go to help um further this cause it's a wonderful cause you know where can they go to whether they can volunteer or donate or whatever way that they can help sure so uh we're all over social media so probably facebook is where we are uh sharing the majority of things but we are on tiktok we're on instagram we're on whatever all the other ones are and it's just as love him love them because that, that we when we had our shelter in atlanta uh, my father had just passed away. And so we named it after my dad, George's place. Well, then we moved up. Uh, that was when we were in Atlanta. We're in Northeast Georgia now. And when we moved up here uh, and, and these five children came into our lives and we decided this was going to be a ministry. Well, George's place there ended up opening a strip club named George's place. So we were like, mm, might need to change the name. <laughs> so my husband uh, actually wrote a entire Bible study. And basically it, it, that's where the name love him, love them came from. And so he says that if you don't know anything about the Bible, that really and truly the Bible in one sentence is if we just love him, then we can love them. And that he will continue to place thems in our lives that irritate the snot out of us. That if we can't love him, we can't love them. So you can go on our website. Um, I want to show you this if I'm able. Let me see yeah. if right in front of me. So we also have one of our big parts is we have a Beauty for Ashes jewelry line. And so the jewelry that I'm showing you, <coughs> pardon me. Yeah, it's right beautiful. Now, it's made out, and it's made out of trash. So all this is made out of trash and it comes with uh, a charm on it that says, love him, love them. Just to remind you when that difficult person comes in your life, that's what you need to do. We have earrings, necklaces, bracelets. That's also available on our website. And then we do a lot of, some people may be like, 
I don't care about Haiti. I, you know, my whole, my, my neighborhood's a mess. So we also work here in the United States of America. Uh, we will feed 5,000 homeless, hopeless, and homebound individuals throughout the state of Georgia this Thanksgiving. And then we also do an amazing event uh, right before Christmas. We have ways that you can become involved both here in the United States and also in the country of Haiti at Christmas. Um, and that is our Night of Hope. Our night of hope is based on our lives, our family. Everything that Love Him, Love Them does is because of what we've gone through. But we raised five children who had a parent incarcerated, right? He still is incarcerated. And so that's that big event. And we do that for children who have a parent incarcerated. And we have all of the guardian families come. We start in the jail. We go to the jail, find out what the inmate wants the child to receive, reach out to the guardian family. Then we come. We do a big evangelism event. They get dinner. They get all their Christmas gifts. And then at the end of the night, we stand up and we say, what do you need to make this child's life a success? What do you need? Because whatever it is, we're willing to provide it for you. You know, is it a car? Do you need your GED? Do you need another job? Do you need another house? One of the ladies last year, her husband had been taken off to jail in the middle of him refurbishing their kitchen. And so she was literally living in a house with the floor out of her kitchen. You know, so it, it just, you just step one of them, the, the girl's car had broken down. Her husband had been taken to jail. Her car, she was working at the Waffle House. Then her car broke down. She lost her job. After she lost her job, she lost her home. She, I mean, you know, bup, 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 bup. And so, you know, the group of volunteers stepped in and we got her back up on her feet. The following year, she came to our event. She was a volunteer. She brought, her husband was out of jail. She was in a new home, had a new job. It's just amazing how just a few people in your community can step up and really and truly make people happy and make them be well. You know, not just a facial. It doesn't, it's not just a facial or a massage that makes someone well, because the majority of us that are injured, we're injured in our souls. There's something that's been shot into our souls that has taken us down. I just, I just left lunch with a friend celebrating her birthday and the owner of the restaurant came up to me and I said, Hey, how are you? He said, I am very depressed and I need some help. And, you know, even people who profess to be Christians, usually when you ask them, how are you? They tell you what's wrong, all the problems they have, because the, the truth of the matter is we do have an enemy. We are in a battle. And if you don't know who your true enemy is, you can't fight against them. And that's the real true key to have the real true key to happiness is joy. And it's exactly what happened to me when I was on that urine stain day bed. It's re realizing how you can be happy and you can live above your circumstances because joy, if you have joy, you can have it all the time, no matter what happens. If you're just living to be happy. I mean, I'm looking forward to being happy this weekend because I don't know when this is going to air, but this is a holiday weekend and we finna have some fun, but I can't live my life based on that and continue to be joyful. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend anybody that wants to volunteer with us, donate to us, go to Haiti with us, come spend Christmas with us, goes to the website and there's a plethora of information there. Mm -hmm. oh, also, I, go ahead. I and I was going to say, I totally agree. Like whenever I've done volunteering in the past or just doing something good in general, it just feels so good. And it feels, it just gives you more life and it gives you more like energy to like, you know, yes, there's, there is love in the world. This, you know, we people do really love each other and there is good in the world and this feels really good. It, and it just, 
it does make you, it makes you more healthier too, you know, cause it brings real strong, genuine, real joy, love and peace. And you're able to cultivate more inner peace within yourself. And, it, right. and it, that is the fruit of the spirit. So here's the bottom line. Our creator created us to serve others. Mm -hmm. so yeah. And it actually tells us in the word that we are to deny ourselves. Most people don't deny themselves. Most people are out for number one. We're taught in all of our master classes. We need to look out for ourselves. And then the really the true acronym for joy is Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And the word tells us that. So if we would just go to the person that made us to find out how we can operate in our best potential and do it and put others ahead of ourselves, that's why it feels so good. Mm -hmm. that's the I agree yeah. I agree yeah and I think it's Jim Rohn that says you know help others you help yourself and I I've always experienced that in my life like even university I remember um you know like I'm just been like you're so much throwing at you and I remember when I would teach the material to other students in the class it made me so much better at processing the information knowing the information and my marks would go up but I'm helping others understand it meanwhile I'm actually making I'm helping myself understand it on a much higher level because now I'm actually having to articulate it to them so it activates me to you know understand it on a much higher level for me to do that so just a quick example of that I mean with anything you know it's it really does it activates you to higher levels but it's coming to that time Linda so where can people go what's the website is it love him love him love them.org and I will tell you we have a brand new book out so if you want to hear some of the personal stories of the kids that were in the choir or uh, the name of the book is Choir of Angels, and you can get that on our website also. And the subtitle is How 30 Orphans Change Their World Forever. And by reading it, I can 100% guarantee you it will change yours also. So we'd love for you to get that. Again, the website is lovehimlovethem.org. And if you'd love to just hear more personal stories, our YouTube channel is also the same, Love Him, Love Them. And that's where our uh, the basis of our television show for Miracles with Mommy Linda is. That's where all of our, our teachings are and our stories. So either of those places, we'd love for you to come to be able to connect with us. Amazing. All right, guys, you heard it from Linda. Live happy, being well. Until next time. And the links will be in the show notes.